Iowa everywhere. Ready, Hawk fans? John Miller is going in-depth with analysis and breakdown. Answers, insights, and a look ahead to next week. It's Hawkeye Sunday with John Miller. Only on Iowa Everywhere. Hello, everyone. John Miller here going to discuss Iowa football and their 27-14 loss to Michigan on, what was it? I guess it was October 1st, the first day of October 2022. And, you know, Kirk Ferentz said some things after the game of yet another day where the offense wasn't up to the task. The defense also had some struggles, but I think most everything stems from Iowa's offensive uh, struggles, let's just say. You know, Kirk Ferentz said after the game that he saw signs of improvement in the offense. And as, as rough as it was to watch at times, I don't disagree with him. It was the most yards, I think, that um, – I don't know if it was the most yards Iowa's had in a game this season, but I know they're 5.1 yards per play. I think it's second best for them this season. They were 4 of 11 on third downs, which was better than they were against Rutgers. Um, Spencer Petrus was actually 21 of 31 for 246 yards and one touchdown and no interceptions. His Clearly his best game of the year, although he did not have a clean sheet relative to missed opportunities, which is what is frustrating. Um, my dogs are really freaking out that I'm sitting on the couch and talking to myself, and they're both coming around me as if I need some type of help that I finally lost my mind, and maybe I have. The jury is still out on that. But... Um, you know, I made a tweet yesterday. Uh, this isn't a, a John Regrets tweet, takes it back tweet, etc. I just want to, um, I, I made a tweet saying that if this is the way that Iowa is going to be running its offense ne- next year without some systemic changes, I'm probably going to find other things to do on fall Saturdays. I said, Iowa is pretty much who they are going to be offensively this season. For me, if they don't make systemic changes next year, I'm to the point where I'm just probably going to find other things to do on beautiful fall Saturdays. Under center, comma, I formation relying on tight ends is dead. And this is, let me just read the rest of the the string. This isn't about Spencer Petrus. It goes so much deeper than that. It isn't about a youngish offensive line. It's about being a football relic. It's about being so bullheaded to what you've always done, you can't get out of your own way, and that way is one of the worst in your sport. Last week, Iowa can still run most of the same plays out of shotgun slash pistol and predominantly 11 personnel. It will be easier to run out of because Iowa makes running harder than it has to be because they invite more bodies into the box. It's the how they do it that is irrecoverably broken. So some people took some umbrage with that, as they are wont to do. Most didn't, or at least didn't express it. So as, as we are also wont to do, we focus on those who did. More so, in, I think it's just an interesting point. Um, am I going to... So what do I mean by systemic changes? So again, going back, if, if for, for me, if they don't make systemic changes next year, I'm to the point where I'm just going to probably find other things to do on beautiful fall Saturdays. It's not me waving the white flag saying I give up or I'm not going to be a fan of the Iowa Hawkeyes any longer. Sorry, we all define our fandom differently and no one person's definition is accurate for another. I just don't think you can trot out I formation, fullback formation, tight end focal point of your offense, quarterback, concrete-footed offense 
You can't do that in 2022. You can't. The NFL doesn't really do that. The NFL's lead personnel package is 11 personnel. The, the, the number of snaps taken out of shotgun, I think, is higher than under center in the NFL. Iowa goes out of shotgun when it has to pass. I was chatting with Scott Dockerman of The Athletic this week on Twitter. I can't remember all the numbers specifically, but something like Iowa has a shotgun formation passing tendency at least 80% of the time. That's, that is too strong of a tell. If Iowa goes shotgun, you pretty much know that four times out of five, it's going to be a pass. That makes offense harder. Fullback in the game, in tight end, in line. So you've got five offensive linemen, a tight end, so six players at the line of scrimmage. Quarterback, seven. Fullback, eight. Tailback, nine. That is nine players in the box. The defense has to defend, yes, but you're going to see at least eight players in the box, sometimes nine. But one of Iowa's nine is the quarterback, and he can't block for himself. Now, if that quarterback could run, you maybe have something. I'm just saying what Iowa's likes to do a lot invites more people into the area they wish to attack. I'm getting so effing tired of saying this. I've been saying it for more than a decade, for more than a decade. And Iowa continues to make offense harder. And yeah, John, maybe you're saying something for a decade. Maybe you're not right. Okay. Well, maybe I am. And I'm going to pull something up here real quick. I'm going to open my drive. I've got the file really close. There we are. Had it open yesterday, so it was easy to get access to. Here's Iowa's statistical rankings, NCAA football statistical rankings since 2001 total offense in 01 they were 45th in the country and back then they were like 125 fbs schools so really to be like 62nd 63rd that was going to be you know average middle of the pack so in 2001 Iowa was 45th. In 2002, the greatest team under Kirk Ferentz, and in my opinion, the best Iowa football team of my lifetime, which includes the 1985 team, that offense was ranked 13th in the country. That had Brad Banks, Dallas Clark, Mo Brown, C.J. Jones, and the greatest offensive line in school history. The next year, 2003, they were 92nd with Nathan Chandler, who was, I mean, back then you might say he was a bit of a concrete shoot quarterback, but now he looks almost like Michael Vick compared to what Iowa trots out there. They were 92nd. 2004 with Drew Tate, they were 101st in total offense. They were down to their fifth string running back by the middle of the season. And the Iowa coaching staff pretty much really just retooled the offense and changed the entire philosophy because they couldn't run the ball. And they threw it. And that remains my favorite Iowa football season ever. They won the Big Ten Championship. Because they were flexible. Uh, 2005, a team that, uh, a season that didn't win a lot of games. Um, the 2005, a very talented team and a team that lost a lot of close games. That team was 22nd in the nation in uh, total offense. That would be just the second time since 2005 that Iowa would only be in the top 20. No, they would not ever return to the top 25 in total offense in the United States. 2005 is the last season Iowa was 25th or better in total offense rank NCAA in 17 seasons. Uh, 2006, Drew Tate pretty much injury year. And yes, he was injured all season, and absolutely it made a difference. Iowa was still 27th in NCAA offensive rank. 
So you have Kyle McCann, Brad Banks, Nathan Chandler for a year, and Drew Tate. And starting in 2007, starting in 2007, so 15 seasons ago, Iowa has been in the top 60, the upper half of NCAA offenses or the upper half of offenses in college football relative to their rank in the NCAA total offensive ranking. They've been in the upper half just twice. That was in 2008, the year that they had the Jake Christensen, Ricky Stanzi quarterback decision, and they were ranked 53rd. Again, we're talking just barely getting into the upper half. And the other year was 2010 uh, with Ricky Stanzi under center and another team that lost a lot of close game, and they were ranked 57th. Those would be the last two times that Iowa's total offense would be ranked anywhere in the top 57. After that, every season, Iowa's offense has been not just in the lower half, but they've only been in the 60s once, and that was in 2014. They were 63rd. Here's where things looked after Ken O'Keefe resigned in 2011. Here's Iowa's year-by-year NCAA total offense statistical ranking. 2012, 114th. They were one of the worst offenses in school history. Couldn't get any worse than that, or so we thought. 2013, they were 84th. 2014, they were 63rd. 2015, the undefeated 12-0 regular season, they were 72nd. And that's a theme warning. They, I'm not, they don't have to be excellent. They just have to be average to potentially get the program to be elite. 2016, again, we thought that was rock bottom for offense, 121st in the nation. 2017, 117th. 2018, 92nd in the nation in total offense. 2019, 99th in total offense, and that's the team that smoked USC in the Holiday Bowl. 2020, short season, 87th. 2021, last year, they were 123rd, and that was gouge out your eyes level offense only to be, uh, I still wanted to say improved upon, but only to be outdone by this year's offense, which as we sit here on this Sunday, the 2nd of October, Iowa's total offensive ranking is 130th. So they have gotten out of dead last. And now Iowa is the 130th ranked offense in the country. Now, not counting this year, because this year is not over yet. If you take the Ken O'Keefe 2001 through 2011 total, which is basically 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 seasons. Ken O'Keefe's offenses averaged 62, 62nd in the country in NCAA offensive rank, or just barely above average, really right at average compared to how many um, teams were in the FBS subdivision then. So they were Ken O'Keefe's offensive Career as Iowa's offensive coordinator can be defined by Iowa's offense was average relative to its peers. Um, and if you go ahead and flip the other side over and you take Iowa's total defensive rankings during that exact same era and you average that out, Iowa's average total defensive ranking was 33rd in the country. They, they played better defense now than they did before, but it doesn't mean there weren't some that weren't better defenses in 2004 like there is now. I'm just saying that's a winning combination because Iowa low turnover football as well. But you give Phil Parker and, and the heater that he is on, you give him an offense that is middle-of-the-road average relative to its peers in college football, you are talking about an elite football team. You are talking about a contemporary blue blood. You're talking about a team that is, I mean, winning more Big Ten West championships 
You're talking about a team that's fun to watch. And, and this is another thing, another struggle that I'm having just with, with things. As I'm sitting here saying, you're talking about a team that can be elite. Well, I, Iowa won 10 games last year. They won 10 games last year. Um, you know, they, they were what, was it six and two in 2020 in the short season? That was a team that was probably a 10-win caliber team. In 2019, that was an exciting team. Over the last five seasons before this year, Iowa was a top seven in, in total wins in football. And I'm sitting here just utterly disgusted and at my wit's end with Iowa's offense. And it does sound a little privileged. I'm sure that there's Iowa State fans listening to this because, you know, who doesn't like to stick their neck out and look at the car wreck? I get it. Or in this case, listen. They're like, what are you talking about, John? You got, you're, you're just a crybaby. You know, your team wins 10 games seemingly every other year, and you're complaining about this offense. And I get that. And, and that is a valid criticism, whether you're an Iowa fan or an Iowa State fan. It doesn't matter who you are. It's a valid criticism. And I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to rationalize that myself. And, you know, obviously this is all about me and my opinion. So... I don't speak for any of you. You may not feel the same as I do. This is just about me. And, and maybe it's just about me at this stage of life. But again, when I come back to my tweet where I said, if, this is, if Iowa doesn't have some systemic changes offensively, significantly for next year, I'm probably going to find some other things to do on beautiful fall Saturdays. Maybe that is just about me and that there are other things that I would rather do on beautiful fall Saturdays than watch Iowa football live run an offense similar to the way they ran it 30 years ago when I had hair. Maybe that's just me. Maybe, maybe that's being a bad fan. Whatever it is, it's like, you know what? If it's 70 degrees out and I was still rolling the fullback lead out there next year, I'm going to go to the golf course. I'll record the game. I'll watch it later. I'll still have opinions and comments on it. Whether or not you'll want to listen to it is up to you. Um, but I won't, <clears throat> I won't plan my weekend around Iowa football like I have for a great deal of my life, or at least Saturdays. Iowa football won't be a priority for me on Saturdays. That's maybe a better way that I should have said that tweet. The tweet came off as saying I was done. I'm not going to watch him. No, of course I'm going to watch him. And if it's raining out, I'm certainly not going to the golf course and I'll watch him. But maybe the better way to say it was they won't be a priority if this is what we're going to watch. Now, let me get back to finish my thought that I was on. So Ken O'Keefe, during his era as offensive coordinator, Iowa's offensive NCAA statistical ranks were 62nd. Greg Davis, they were 95th. Brian Ferentz thus far, but not including any numbers from this current season, 100th. So Greg Davis and Brian Ferentz, essentially similar, although this year is, you know, going to bring that average down for, for Brian. Because a lot of people are like, well, John, what is it? We've got to fire Brian? Is it Kirk? Is it Brian? What is it? Well, I think the data supports that Iowa's never been anything more at its best than an average offense relative to its NCAA peers, which is fine. I think what they set out to try to do when Kirk Ferentz got here in 1999 was smart, and the results prove it. The results bear it out. You are going to be able to consistently and repeatedly recruit offensive and defensive linemen to the state of Iowa. 
and if you are good at developing them, then you have a chance to exert your will at the line of scrimmage. Those are the most consistent and reliably consistent body types that this region of the country is going to produce. And I'm not talking about you know, DNA, I'm just talking about the type of recruits that you can, that are in maybe in more abundance than our quote unquote skill position players in Iowa high school football. Now I'm going back to 99 here. I'm not saying that's the case necessarily anymore. They're there, but they still aren't in great numbers. And there are two FBS football programs in the state that people can have strong allegiances to. So it's not just that they're all going to go to Iowa. And that worked. That NFL approach, that risk-averse, play the percentages, play good defense, have elite special teams, that approach worked out really, really well. And then it, then we got up to the total Iowa's defense getting into elite mode. Starting in 2013 through now, or through, through 2021, 2013 through 2021, Iowa's total offensive ranking NCAA statistic is 16th. That is absolutely elite. Iowa's scoring defense average rank NCAA amongst all its peers, 15th. And that includes 2014th when they were 50th. If you go 2015 through last year, Iowa is a average top 10 scoring defense. I will put forth that the excellence, the consistent excellence of Iowa's defense, which doesn't get as much run as it should because the foul smell of the offense sitting over there in the corner occupies all the headlines. The consistent excellence of Iowa's defense from a scoring defense perspective since 2015 is nothing short of remarkable. Averaging top 10 in the country I don't have the averages for, there, there can't be but maybe two or three other programs that have done that. Can't be. It's not Ohio State. I don't know that it's Alabama. Maybe Clemson. Maybe Georgia. The Iowa's consistent defensive excellence has allowed this offensive abomination to go on longer than it should. Because the defense has been consistently excellent and because the special teams have been consistently excellent and because Iowa's turnover margin average rank since 2015 has also been 15th in the nation. So consistently excellent, it has allowed the offense, it has allowed Kirk Ferentz to say, we'll just keep letting this hand ride. And I'm not saying that I blame him. I'm just saying that this defense is excellent. But this offense, we've finally reached the terminal stage. If you're going to have a concrete shooed player at quarterback, you're dead. Period. End of sentence. This is college football in 2022. And you know what? If Iowa has a quarterback that can keep plays alive with his feet, and that is athletic, I'm not talking Michael Vick here, ladies and gentlemen. If Iowa has that, they can probably get by with the same formations, the same, this, the same fullback, the same tight end led offense, even though I won't like it per se. I'd rather be a little more entertained, but that is a little privileged. 
Okay, if if they if they just can have and recruit only specifically only recruit quarterbacks that can keep plays alive with their feet the way that Bethard could, the way that Drew Tate could. Hell, give me Nathan the way that Nathan Chandler could. If they do that, they can probably continue to you know Kirk can probably trot out his same formations. Even though I don't think I just don't think that they have to make wholesale changes philosophically to make huge leaps and strides with offensive efficiency relative to their peers, which can put them knocking on the door of elite status. Run the ball more out of shotgun and eleven personnel. My God, I've been saying that for over a decade, and it's hardly I'm hardly some you know offensive wizard. It's just logic. But you can't run the ossified, archaic, dinosaur offense that you have while also having a quarterback who can't extend plays with his feet. You can't do both. You cannot do both. And as I talked about with Chris Williams this week, I think there's a decent chance, a pretty good chance, that this could be the last Iowa football season where there is a concrete shoe-wearing quarterback, uh, concrete shoe-wearing quarterback, playing quarterback for Iowa. I'm sorry that this is a big ramble, and it is. I just felt at this juncture of the season and at this juncture of what we're witnessing, I just, this, this is just what's coming out. And you look at next year, you're probably either looking at Padilla or Carson May or Joe Joey L. I don't want to keep mispronouncing his name. I, you know, this week I need to figure out the proper pronunciation of Joey's name or if he even wants to be called Joey. Um, all of them, certainly Carson and Joe, have shown in high school film that they can move the ball with their feet. Alex Padilla, interestingly enough, didn't really do it that well at the high school level, but I think that was just a function of sack statistics being taken away from him. Um, but we know that Alex Padilla can do that. And then beyond that, you have, you know, Marco, is it Lanai or Linez coming in from New Jersey? He can extend drives with his feet. And the recently committed kid from uh, Florida, he certainly can move the ball with his feet. Matter of fact, that's the kind of player that, you know, you might do that more with. But here's the thing. If you, here, here's, here's another benefit of having quarterbacks on your roster and your roster being made up solely of quarterbacks that can extend drives with their feet, you can call things like quarterback draws. You can do that. Because if your quarterback gets hurt, you have another quarterback behind him that can run the same plays and the same type of offensive attack. You can do that. If you've only got one, if you've only got one quarterback on your roster that can extend plays with his feet, and after that, it's the concrete shoe-wearing brigade, well, you can't really lean on that quarterback to run as much, can you? Because if he gets hurt, it changes and takes away. It changes the complex, complexion of your offense. Iowa's roster starting next year should be consisting solely of quarterbacks who can actually move the ball with their feet and extend drives with their feet. Do I expect wholesale changes systemically? No, I don't. Not if the same coaching staff is in place. And I expect them to be. And I have not, and nor am I, calling for Kirk's job. I'm not even calling for Brian's. One of the points of bringing up those statistics earlier 
is the game continues to evolve offensively. Therefore, Iowa's you know, NCAA statistical rankings relative to their peers are going to continue to fall when you continue to run the same thing that you've always read. Iowa stays in place while the rest of the game evolves and moves past them. It doesn't mean that Iowa can't win with what it does. It just makes it harder and their margin for error much slimmer and the percentage and pressure of a higher execution rate even more for Iowa than it is for most programs because Iowa's only getting 60-some plays a game and you've got to hit that skinny post in the end zone that you missed yesterday when it was 20 to seven, and it was still eight minutes in the fourth quarter. You've got to hit that skinny post. You can't miss that. You've heard Kirk talk of lack of execution for as long as he's been around, and he's not wrong. It's just that lack of execution pain in 2004 or 2002, or back then when offense looked more like what Iowa's looks like still to this day, it wasn't a killer. It is now. It is now. It is more of a killer now for this program. You can't miss those shots. You're only getting 55 to 65 plays a game. You can't miss those shots. You can't keep expecting the defense, the defense to keep bailing you out. You just can't expect it because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to continue to happen in a way that's going to allow you to win 10 games. Oh, man, that was a long rant. Maybe that was, you know what, that probably was more for my own mental health than anything. I needed to get it out. Um, so, yes, was there improvement offensively? There was. Was that maybe the second best or the most efficient offensive game of the year for Iowa? It was. Was it still enough to win? No. They scored 14 points. Michigan was really good. They looked crisp. They looked fantastic. Their offensive line looks really good. Really good. And the better team absolutely won. There's no excuses. There were no turnovers in the game. Uh, Michigan is just a more talented program. I, I love the look of their offense. Um, John, so what kind of offense would you have Iowa run? I would have Iowa run mostly out of shotgun formation, out of a pistol look. I explained some of that on Thursday's Friday show with Chris Williams. When you your quarterback gets the ball out of shotgun, it gives that player much more time to scan the field and look at options than if you're dropping back. When you drop back to pass, it's almost half the amount of time that you have in the pocket is, is spent dropping back. And yes, quarterbacks are taught to read and scan the field as they're dropping back. It's just different though. It's not as, you don't get as much true evaluation, read and react time in a drop back situation as you do in a shotgun snap back there to you. And I basically, out of shotgun, I would run 11 personnel. Three receivers, one tight end, one running back, and you can run inside zone, you can run outside zone, you can run counters, you can run jet action, you can run all the same things that Iowa likes to run. You can run zone blocking schemes, you don't have to change that. You can still feature a tight end, you don't have to change that. You are just getting the box less congested and you are allowing your quarterback a greater amount of time to read the field and thus react to what he wants to do. Um, th this really isn't much of a Michigan breakdown, and frankly, that's fine. This is just, this offense is difficult to watch. Iowa is wasting another opportunity of taking a shot at being elite with another defense that is elite and special teams that are elite. Um, it's a wasted opportunity. And I guess that's all I got to say about that. As always, appreciate you listening. Um, you know, if any of this irritates you, um, just send me a note on Twitter. We can talk about it. My DMs are always open. Or if you just want to tweet at John D. Miller, J-O-N, at John D. Miller, um, that's fine. Let's talk about it. But um, this offense is 
I don't know. We'll, we'll see how much they can get better. Illinois next week, they just boat raced Wisconsin and Madison. Oh, by the way, Wisconsin, a lot of the same things are being said by Wisconsin pundits. Offense that is ossified, archaic, stuck in the past. The last time that Iowa and Wisconsin both missed a bowl game in the same season was 30 years ago, 1992. Maybe it's not a coincidence that both Iowa and Wisconsin are running the same offense as they ran in 1992. Iowa everywhere.